Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. to Invasion of Privacy. I'm Kate Wolf, and today I have two amazing guests. I am in their house, actually, in Staten Island. I am... Is that okay to say? I just yeah, got, it's fine. Uh, yes. Okay. Just don't give out the address. <laughs> I feel like, I feel like uh, I'm, I'm at the CIA's home. I'm like, am I allowed uh, to share this information? I'm with Jack Deloso <laughs> and Stephen Liu. Hey, that's, that's me, yes. Yeah, hi, guys. I'm hi. Get off your phone. What hi. are you doing? I, I'm trying to turn off the ringer so it doesn't ring. Oh, thank you. Okay. He's full of it. Steven <laughs> just got a call from NYU where NYU. he went to school and they were asking for... More money. $500. It was not. Bold. It was not enough that I paid them for four years. That they're like, you know what? Let's get another five hundred dollars in this guy. <laughs> but the funny part was like Steve was like really going in where he was like, I have like he was he was being silly, but he's like, I have no money, it's all going to health insurance. And the guy was like, All right, how about twenty dollars and ten cents? <laughs> I love the ten cents to commemorate your graduation yeah. year. Yeah. And, and especially after I told him that um my education at NYU was completely unhelpful to my career and only for a few months and the nerve. I didn't use it at all. The nerve. So let's commemorate that. <laughs> let's commemorate. <laughs> let's celebrate. All the money you threw in the toilet. Yeah. That was cool. Nice. It was enjoyable. Thank you for putting it on speaker. I almost slept with a girl in NYU, so it was enjoyable. Almost. Almost. <laughs> almost. So close. Almost. Yes. What happened there? You couldn't get it in? What happened? <laughs> no, I couldn't get in her door. She just slammed the door on me. Got it. Yeah. Good times. So I was here Sunday for a happening shindig a party <laughs> a shindig that you guys threw i don't know if it's you both threw it or if it was no it's jacks it was well, jacks technically we both threw it no 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 i slept through all the preparation yeah i woke up to like a house full of people mm-hmm. and i was super groggy and i walked around and that's about it that's yeah. my only contribution really he, he grogged it up i grogged it up it was a real fun party thanks yes and oh i helped throw out the trash oh thank you Aww. yes i did yes. steve I did. His friends, Steve's <laughs> friends were like, you worked so hard. Let us help you. And I was like, all right. I'm like, the only thing I really need you to do is bring the garbage to the curb. They're like, right on the curb. I'm like, yeah, right on the curb where the rest of the garbage is. No problem. Really easy. They're like, all right. We wake up in the morning. The garbage is not at the curb. It is next to the house. And it's ripped open by raccoons. There's and like there's dead raccoons. Shrimps, shrimp shells all over the driveway. Oh. Chicken bones eaten. Mm-hmm. Like busted open. They were. Ooh, I mean, the they animals had a, had a party in this. They had a feast. <laughs> they had, they the had a party. feast. Now they know where to come for the good food, and that's the worst part because they're always going to be looking. Oh, that's true. Got to keep the cats indoors. Mm. Well, okay. So, Jax is an amazing chef, which I didn't know, and she Thank was you. cooking for about five to six hours straight <laughs> while live streaming it 
yeah. on Twitch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there, so she's throwing a party. So is Steve, but Steve wasn't slaving I away was, in the kitchen. No, I was passed out. Yeah, Steve was. You were no, you were in and out though. You were you were having fun with yeah. us. You, you were. You, you were sen- hanging downstairs. No, I was sending good vibes. Yes, yeah. you were sending good Thoughts vibes. Thoughts and to prayers the food. and good vibes. Yeah, but um. So yeah, Jax was like cooking for six hours straight and live streaming. It was hysterical. I'm a crazy bitch. It I was good. You're a businesswoman. I am. Yeah, I could do a lot of stuff at once. Like all successful businesses, we made no money. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, perfect. That's how, like most American businesses, we've turned no profit. That's the way it is, but we got yeah. a lot of engagement. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah but you had a lot of people come through. Yeah. It was pretty... And You know, that's a big thing when you live in Staten Island because a lot of the people that came were mm-hmm. from... Brooklyn and Manhattan. Right. So to have people make that effort, it's yeah. a pretty it's big true. deal. It yeah, is. definitely. It is. It's not that bad to get here. It's like it's like 20 minutes on the ferry. And then like, I know most people, the crazy thing is like most humans who are our age can afford a $7 Uber. But, you know, comedians, like I'm like, yeah, just Uber from the ferry. They're like, oh, I can't afford that. I'm so like, what they do? It's $6. Um, They took the bus, a lot Aww. of them, okay. which is fine. But like the bus is like three what is it now four dollars to take the express bus so it's like really like you couldn't have spent the extra like yeah i don't know well it was a it was a fun party i had a good time and um so i met Jax. i don't even know how long ago but less i think than a year ago at new york comedy club Mm -hmm. i remember that night too you started giving a massage to brenton sagalo oh uh, yes yes oh my god i met you i also got in trouble giving a massage to brenton sagalo at the stand did you? Yeah, I was blocking What's the stairway. He's my friend, but he always has back problems. And obviously, you know, I do massages like right. from like waitressing. But like, I I always would give him like the shoulder. I never, I never got a massage. Right? You never wanted one. That's right. Wait, you give massages while waitressing? Yeah, like I used to. I used oh, to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to waitress like like parties or whatever. And then like people would like get like shoulder massages, and I'd like order them food and stuff like that. Oh my god, yeah. this must be a fancy fucking place where well, you get a massage. A lot of rich white dudes. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Um, okay, so that's where I met you, which I said I think is less than a year ago. But yeah. then you hosted a show that I was headlining recently at the Harford Funny Bone. Yeah. And that's where I feel like I got to really know you a lot fun. better. So we were hanging for a couple hours in the green room. And then Stephen, who I've known for years, <laughs> years and years, I think it's been years? about five or six. Yes. Six. Uh, yeah, six years. So this is what's so funny to me is these two are roommates which I just found out Sunday. I knew you guys were friends because obviously Stephen was like, I want you to meet my friend Jack. She's a comedian. I was like, oh, I know Jax. I didn't know her well when you did that. But anyway, I knew Steve because I worked for a production company when I first quit teaching. I then immediately got hired by this company, Parent Society. Mm-hmm. And you were sharing that we were in this floor in I was Manhattan. slumming it in that building. Were you living in the building? I was living in the building. Okay, so let me try to explain this to people. There was this floor. Good, good luck. Parent Society was in there, but then there was another company, Ambitious, okay. where I met my friend, my good friends, Dez, Jay, Aton, and Tim. Okay, mm-hmm. and they were all from Canada. They were producing stuff. Now, <laughs> Steve was—you were with Ambitious. I was. But Ambitious wasn't just a video department. No. You guys were like doing promo for like parties like you you were associated with all these hot models all these models were always walking in and out and there was a whole other floor not the floor that we worked on but there was like this third floor there's a sleeping it was like a slump, hostel there's a for sleeping models. slums uh, floor yeah okay so um 
Oh right. my God, Jax, it was crazy. Okay, once upon a time, we took out over this two floors in this space. Mm-hmm. And um, it was a massive space. It was like, what was it, like 2,000, 3,000 square feet? It was, it, both floors were huge. It was huge. Um, and I'm like, wow, we can build a kick-ass hostel. And I just put up some drywall mm-hmm. and then everyone can have their own room. It'd be awesome. That was your idea? That's my idea. And they're <laughs> like, you know what? Instead of doing that, we could save money and put up curtains. And I Jesus. said, you know what? I don't really see it. And they're like, no, 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 trust me. It's going to look awesome. <laughs> and then it ended up looking like, you know, like during the big war, like you have these refugee yes. like oh, hospitals, no. like an army hospital with the curtains. That's what it was like. But with jacks, but with like hot, with hot models. models. So it was like not a great living environment. Like the, it was like sardines almost. It was, yeah, it was sardines. And uh, it was kind of weird because it's like, Ta-da, he's a hot girl. Because it was all red curtains. Oh, my You know, gosh. like it was all like a show curtains. That's really <laughs> and it sad. Was super weird. <laughs> and, uh, it was crazy. One time, uh, once again, I almost tried to bring a girl back. And she was like, what the fuck is this? And then she turned around and walked away. She probably thought she was going to get murdered, like Dexter style, and <laughs> yeah, wrapped like, in a curtain, you I'm know? Like, That's what I think immediately when I see curtains. Yeah. It's curtains for you. <laughs> it's curtains. And it wasn't even like bunk beds or anything. It was like mattresses, right? No, some of the rooms had bunk beds. Some of them did? Okay. Yeah. The ones I saw, it was like a mattress on the floor. Yeah, yeah. It was either bunk beds or mattresses. Some of them oh looked like God. real little rooms, except with curtains on all four sides. Yeah. Weird. So you didn't really have much sound privacy, yeah. at least. But like I said, it was crazy because it was these like beautiful giraffe-looking yeah. women, right. um, who they you know phenomenal looking, yeah. and then they were in the and it some of a, them were like from out of the country. Space. Like, <laughs> it was a great space. Like it was a great. It was a high ceilings. It was right in the center of like where the Fidei Bar District kind of was. And it was Ooh. a nice place to live. I will agree. It was just a shit ton of curtains. It was just, yeah, it wasn't, if if you, if you they had followed your idea. At the end, they were like, you know, let's build some walls. I'm like, oh, thank God. Did after, they? Yeah, oh after God. we spent, we spent like $800 per curtain anyways. So it was That ridiculous. doesn't even make sense. They could have probably spent less money just building because the freaking walls. Because we went with this guy that scammed us, basically. Uh. He sold us these curtains and the curtain set. He charged us like thousands of dollars to install these rails on the ceiling for these curtains. And then he painted our walls this like pukey yellow yellow like egg yolk color for like eight hundred dollars like can you believe that like he said it was gonna be some (laughs) custom painted like awesome wall it was just like if you threw eggs on a wall and then dried it that's what it looked like jesus it wasn't i mean it was the whole thing was a cool like for me i had just quit teaching to pursue comedy full-time so the fact that i was even able to do comedy or production and and do that was cool so i'm like i'm like taking the path train from jersey city into this place Mm -hmm. and i wasn't on that floor with the models but in a sense i was able to go back and forth and i remember just being like what a whole new world it's very (laughs) odd like what was the bathroom situation there were two bathrooms that's it and how many models 12 oh god it was anywhere between 10 to 18. But sometimes they would go up to the fifth floor and use those bathrooms. Oh, okay. Right. So it was it was a really, I learned so much about production yeah. in those like six to eight months because essentially there were three production companies mm-hmm. in there. Because right. um, the third one was with Michael Canzanero and Dan Fogler. Mm-hmm. I don't, they're pretty big in the industry. Yeah. So, right. you know, it was, I learned a lot and obviously... You know, you still have the connections. That's so awesome. Um, what you might not know. Wait, were you there during Hurricane Sandy? 
I wasn't there, but I was like associate. But I, I mean, it was crazy. I remember, I think it was like Tim Dorsch and someone else. They like stayed in the building and they were taking video of like the, was it you? It was you and Dorsch. It was me and Dorsch. So you were taking pictures of all the flooding. We took video. videos. So we did like a, um, we did like a mini survivor style kind of stuff where we were, crazy. we were sleeping during uh, Hurricane Sandy that shut off the electricity, the gas and the water. And so we were in there with no heat, no ability. We, we, okay, so we bought a bunch of beer to prepare for the hurricane and a bunch of microwavable food, not realizing that the microwave wouldn't work. And then we got, <laughs> then we got a bunch of like, you know, like, uh, like those ramen stuff. Not knowing the water didn't work and the heat. Oh, no. So there's a bunch of videos of us like lighting little tea candles and putting like uh, a teapot on top of it to try to heat the water so that we can eat something. Oh. Well, that uh, were you in the area for Hurricane Sandy? Yeah, I was in Bensonhurst, Brooklyn. Like a lot of my friends lived in Rockaway and um, oh, was, like, called, like, Marine Park like over there and they got destroyed. Like it was really yeah. bad. It was actually... Um, very unsafe i didn't realize well where the offices were that we're talking about it was right by battery park right and everything was submerged underwater i remember being like oh that's right manhattan's an island right you know what i mean like you forget and you're like oh it is vulnerable even in brooklyn like where i used to live in bensonhurst we are like less than a half mile from the ocean all the time my family's like oh we have ants we have i'm like we live near the ocean. Like, I know you forget, but like, yeah. it's there. We're, it's water. Mm-hmm. But we yeah. didn't flood for some reason. That really? area. No, we got no flooding. We were lucky. No, the area where the offices were. We were. The, gara- the parking flooded. garages, especially because they were like down under. Yeah. Yeah. I remember seeing pictures of like fucking cars. Right. Flo- it was. Right, right. It, was yeah. it, it came in. The water came into our lobby. And so we tried to plug up the front door with like towels. Did it work? Mm, a little bit. It little stopped. Bit. It, it slowed it down. And then we just walked around like with there's water coming in different streets, like depending on the elevation of the streets. We really didn't understood the idea that when there's flood, like all the sewage comes up. So the water is like <laughs> toxic. So We're just yeah. like, yeah, let's frolic in the hurricane. And oh, we great. Ran around at night. And like there, sewage water. In sewage water, it's filming disgusting. stuff with high winds. And we'd be like, Oh, like we'd be on the street and we see like an office chair. We'd be like, wow, that's funny. It's an office chair. Not understanding that office chair came out of like a 20 story building and could have killed us. Yeah. And there's like shards of glass just like wobbling in the wind, like wobbling in the wind. And that could have came like actually, um, I know someone who died because a shard of glass, a pane of glass came down from a, from a high, high rise and like sliced her from Hurricane Sandy, like decapitated her. No, it was something else. Like we were literally running around like during those high wind situations with like all these broken glass around us. It was definitely not something you would ever do again, but we got some sweet footage, but you know, is it still up somewhere? Yeah, it's on YouTube. It's called zone a survivor. There you go. You yeah. guys can check it out. You can, you can, you can uh, follow us through our two weeks of misadventure. A week and a half, I would say. All right. Now, so Jax, I don't, okay, so Jax is a comedian. I'm going to let you name all the things you are as well, but I want to bring up the whole <laughs> Instagram <laughs> butt yeah. thing that happened. But, because would you say you're also an Instagram model? No, definitely not. No. I, um, no. I'm not. I don't. And well, okay. So I'm not Jax, a model no. at all. Jax is a hottie boombalati. We'll <laughs> say that. Okay. And you have a lot of pictures that show in mm-hmm. a good way mm-hmm. that you are a hottie boombalati. And she posted one recently because she hit 
um, I think it was like 10,000 mm-hmm. followers on yeah. Instagram. And it's like this really hot picture of her butt. <laughs> and and then she posted on Facebook that she had a block five people because they were negging you about mm-hmm. having a flat ass, yeah. which is crazy because the picture shows it's a very round voluptuous <laughs> ass it is and and uh, you know what they're kids you know what i mean and for someone's telling these kids the way to get a woman is to treat her like shit like i do twitch and and all the time like we'll do like little relationship streams and like ask me anything and the number one question is how do i talk to a girl and all the guys in there are like don't listen to her what you got to do is you got to tell them they're fat or tell them they're ugly and they like you because they have low self-esteem. It's called a mystery method. Oh, Steve. He knows Steve's done his research. But what's so funny about Steve is he's not that way at all. Yeah, like totally. he's not, he would never, I've never seen you like insult a woman. Like you have personality. You don't need that technique. You what know what I mean? What you know, stupid? What happened? Oh. Nothing. Oh, got her. Do you just call me stupid? He was, trying to no. prove you're, he was trying to prove you wrong. <laughs> it worked. Yes. Oh, Come on, Mr. Method. Let's go. Uh, yeah, but they they, they they nag. They nag. They they insult you, and then they hope that you'll want their approval and you know send them some nudes. I'm so over <laughs> the whole negging thing in general. Yeah. Were you ever into it, though? What do you mean you're over Not, it? I mean, I, who's really into it? But yes, on a, on a deep, wounded level of like my whole life has been entering relationships. And I'm not trying to say I'm an angel here because right. I'm sh- I know I've nagged in my own way. Not just mm-hmm. nagged, but nagged. Oh, <laughs> nice. You know what I mean? So, yeah. so right. we create these patterns and these dances. So here I have, I have a bunch of wounds. So I was getting into relationships where then I almost became like the clingy one desperate for yeah. approval. Um, but then I've also been in other things where the guy became that. Yeah. Sometimes we would take turns. You know, I'm now, look, right. I've been celibate for almost two years because wow. at this point. Holy crap. Yeah. Because I hit a point where I was like, I don't want to again enter anything unless it really feels not just safe, but truly passionate in a way Mm -hmm. that's not abusive. And I don't mean like I'm being abused. I mean, on both ends, Mm -hmm. I want it to feel right. Like I've entered in the past shady situations. Um, I've done things where I knew we both loved each other, but it wasn't like ripe yet. But I said, fuck it. I'm going to jump in and hope for the best. And I'm sick of. I mean, I'm 37, so I'm like, I'm ready for something that's going to feel like I know from the start. No, this is a good idea and not just be like, fuck it, I'm going to jump in. Mm -hmm. And then you're dealing with the aftermath. And once again, that's on both ends. I am no angel and I've helped create that drama that Mm -hmm. happened. So I've just been trying to focus on myself and Mm -hmm. heal my part so I don't help create those situations again. But it's been hard looking at my own part because I loved playing the victim in the past. Like, why do I keep dating these people? And then I'm like, no, no, no. You know, I I completely created that with them. And I want to heal so I can enter something not just safe, but like I said, super passionate. That's Uh, amazing. Yeah, thank you. But that's why, is that why you're going to spiritual school? Um, well, I entered four years ago when mm-hmm. I was in a relationship and, and he's in the school too, but, okay. um, a couple years ahead. So I entered it because I was already deeply into spirituality and I was also deeply into that person and mm-hmm. trusted his instincts about the school and other things. Um, but I didn't enter it. I mean, I entered it because, yeah, because I think we all are looking for that deeper connection to ourselves, Yeah. whether or not we're aware of it. And at that point, my awakening was really starting to kick up. And I was like, no, I want 
I want deeper answers. I want to be my full self. Mm -hmm. And I trusted what my boyfriend at the time was saying about the school. And he was right. It's an incredible program. Mm -hmm. So that's cool. I read Steve's Tower earlier and it kind of, I don't want to say it was a disaster because it wasn't, but it ended up being a lot trickier. She, she, felt, she felt like she molested me. Really? That's she, not what I said. That is not what I said. <laughs> She's like, I'll never tell someone without their consent again. Oh my <laughs> this God. is what happened. I'll explain it because he made it sound like I'm a, I'm a tarot <laughs> pedophile. Um, well, don't I have to be a baby for you I to know, be a pedophile? I know. I was trying to come up with a, <laughs> a funny word because you said, <laughs> it's a child. So I'm a ter- you're a tarot rapist. Okay. Duh. <laughs> so, so <laughs> you're t- Harvey Tara Weinstein. The wor- Oh my God. So I'm like every th- time you say it, I'm like could hashtag that be? me Tara. <laughs> 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 oh All right. I think we did just come up with the okay. name of the podcast, but uh, <laughs> nice. me Tara. So I have I ever read your tarot jacks? No. Okay. So I'm if you would like, if you would want one, <laughs> I'll do it. What I learned, I would, and I've learned mm-hmm. this lesson before, but it, it just got relearned mm-hmm. uh, an hour ago. So Steve and I are in the kitchen. Obviously, we're good friends, and I was like, Steve, let me read your tarot, and he's like. Oh, I've never had one. And he didn't ask for yeah, one. I'm like heating up chicken. And he already made it he already made it clear that he's like not a full believer of tarot. Yeah. Not of spirituality. He's very tuned in. He's into all that mm-hmm. weird shit. But he was already he already made it clear that like he's suspect of many quote unquote psychics. Yeah. So that is where I should have been like, you know what? I don't enjoy at this point reading for people who are skeptical of it because Mm -hmm. then you're getting this energy of like hmm yeah and it's not as fun so but I I don't know I was just like let's fucking do this you know and then I'm doing it and it was just like I after the first card I like I like real felt in I tried to tune in and I said it and Steve was just goes uh, I think that's like 70% correct. And I was like, oh no, oh no. Because it's like, that's not, when you read, mm-hmm. it's okay if the person doesn't fully believe in everything yeah. you're saying. But like, you normally don't get like a percentage. <laughs> you, know, like, you know, when you're like, hi Siri, tell me. And she's like, that is 70% accurate. Like, he I, like was, I graded you. Yeah, like I was like getting graded. you were graded. trying to get graded. And I, I yeah. Did, yeah. So like, yeah. so like by the end, it was like, it was a hard reading to give. And at the end, I was like, you know what? I'm never fucking reading for someone. <laughs> who doesn't really want it because then you end up what I ended up saying was and it was my I don't want to say all my fault mm-hmm. but like it's the same it's kind of thing 70% her fault 70% 70% 70% because it's this thing of like I'm trying to show him certain like defense mechanisms that he's not necessarily agreeing with which yeah. is fine because it doesn't mean I'm right Yeah. but what we both said that's like me walking into like a married couple's home and being like, "Oh, this marriage is fucked," but they were like happy, you know. And like, like you sent them to couples therapy, even though they want like for their anniversary mm-hmm. present. So like, here's two tickets to couples therapy. They're like, "We're happy with each other." So no, no, you yeah, should go. You, you should go. go. Yeah, Steve's yeah. like saying how fine he is and happy, and I'm like, totally "Ooh, fine. no, that's a defense." You know what I mean? Like, like uh oh, I'm getting gaslighted. Yeah, again. I was kind of telling him the same thing. I was like, "Yeah, you. I feel like you put up a wall as a defense mechanism." Yes, that's I what I was saying. I was I'm saying just it's like gaslighted today. That's no, crazy. I'm not gaslighting. But I was saying yes, I was saying that, and I was like, it's almost like spiritual Novocaine. Like he has this like wall of like, like he's able to be, he is Zen, but he's also fake Zen at yeah. the same time. Call me fake. Zen. That's crazy. No, I don't mean like you're wow. a fake person because a lot of people have that. And I'm not saying I don't. Like we all, most of us have these defense mechanisms in different mm-hmm. ways. But I'm saying this to him and trying to feel in, and he's like. 
disagreeing and then I'm like, no, this is fucked of me. Like I can't convince a person that he has something that he's fine right, with or right. doesn't want to look at. Yeah. So it ended up being this thing where I was like, what the fuck? Like this sucks yeah. for both of us. I, <laughs> like, thought, I liked it actually. Yeah, I, thought it was, cool. I thought it was cool because <laughs> it makes me think about what defenses I have, but mm-hmm. you know, yeah. um, which is, uh, but I, I just, you know what? I, I don't know because I just haven't been attacked recently. You know, like I, I get, I get well, this whole defense thing, right? Because, Back when you go to middle school and high school, you get this tightness. And elementary, too. Even elementary, because you know, like, where the mean kids are and what they're going to say to you and make you feel bad. And, like, you know you're going to get hit with something every day you go to school. And it's just been so many years since I've been around people like that that I don't, like, the only reason I question the defense mechanism is that I just haven't even been attacked in any way that was substantial and required me to push back and protect myself. I've been around generally good people who are nice to me. So that's like, a good way to live yeah. right and so like i don't know maybe i do have it but it just hasn't been activated mm-hmm. i don't really feel it i think know? it shows up a lot at our age and romantic relationships mm-hmm. or our inability oh we just to had, fully we, had we did have a yeah. whole talk about that in, in, uh, did you we had a live stream talk yeah, we like i said that kind of like if you've been hurt in the past by somebody you kind of automatically put up these walls of I'm not going to let that pain happen again because you know it's horrible getting broken up with getting cheated on any of those things Mm -hmm. they're traumatizing and then you want to make sure that you're not going to feel that so you go into it with a certain maybe a certain uh, expectation of this person's going to hurt me so I'm going to not get too close I'm going to not get too attached and then you're sometimes hurting yourself in the situation because you're not opening up yourself to a real intimate relationship you're missing that that yeah. connection and i of. do have some of that because I, that happened recently actually. Yeah. so well that's what i kind of mean i'm, I'm okay. glad you're not getting um attacked i mean because no, you you, no. you hit a certain age i think it's hard for comedians often yeah because some comedians the way that they interact is by like negging each other in funny yeah. ways it's that roast yeah. battle They're energy doing like yeah. Work. Yeah, exactly yeah <laughs> and i'm like so sensitive that at this point that's why i loved um at the hartford funny bone mm-hmm. we had a group of people that like we weren't being mean like yeah. we were funny but like in a very supportive way like it's nice when you're green in a green room full of comics right. that are like not trying to like put you down but you th- feel that energy walking into it yeah. it's like and and it, it makes you also it, it affects my performance when yes. i feel on eggshells in a green room or i walk into a spot and oh that person's a rapist i know he's a rapist i feel uncomfortable in here but now i gotta sit here and pretend like i'm cool yeah. sitting next to this rapist or you know what i mean like it, it could just be a, a comedian who hates a certain type of person and they attack that certain type of it could be that too and they're just they're a lot man it's a hard it's a hard group of people to deal with for sure well comedians are some of the toughest people on the planet and there's the positive and the negative to yeah. that mm-hmm. like we're beasts in a way where we have to go up on a stage we subject ourselves to the approval of this audience right, right. and it's a beautiful thing because here you're reading people's energy and you're learning how to connect and make them laugh mm-hmm. and when you can make someone laugh you can really send a message and and the negative is like you're you're looking for people's approval and you're entering a community of beasts in a beautiful way, but like they know how to shut you down too. And there's, there's some, there's not a ton of it, but there's some bullying Mm -hmm. in the comedy community. It's not, it's, it's, it's a weird kind of bullying because it's not like middle or high school in that exact sense, but there's some similarities of like, it's so funny because you would think in comedy it would be celebrating 
the uniqueness mm-hmm. and being who you are. And yet there's still this weird conformity where it's like if you do something that's not exactly the way someone thinks you're supposed to do something, mm-hmm. then you become subject of their opinion. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's like, for me, I'm like, yo, I'm 37 with an 11-year-old kid. Like, I don't need anyone look my agent or other people I'm producing things with I'll Mm -hmm. take their opinion of course but I'm not looking for someone's unsolicited mean hurtful opinions right I'm a grown-ass woman I've come through a lot I'm not I didn't enter I entered this to find my voice to create art not to have people put me down but it's I haven't gotten it too much but every time it does happen it it shocks me I heard of a time that happened from Jax about me yeah, yeah. I, told him, I told that, him about our mutual um you're right and i'm sorry that happened that sounds ridiculous yeah. you know i i uh <laughs> i i actually don't dislike the person mm-hmm. and actually very much respect her mm-hmm. um i when i put out my rap video labia game I put it out naively thinking that everyone was just going to love it yeah. and be on board. Like I was, I thought everyone was going to understand where it was coming from. Right. And that was naive of me because here I'm putting out this rap. That's like me twerking saying baddest bitch in the labia game. You're going to have sex with me on my period. Like it's very there. It's very abrasive, <laughs> mm-hmm. but it still shocked me when certain people were like yeah. upset with it and and it was a big lesson for me on still being true to myself still creating the art that feels right to me but also coming more into reality of it's okay if I put stuff like this out there but it is provocative and right. it will provoke certain people for different reasons right. one could be race mm-hmm. one could just be um yeah a lot of it I think is race is like who's this white bitch who now mm-hmm. suddenly wants to rap like it's not like I've been uh on the streets (laughs) for years battling and earning that kind Mm -hmm. of street cred like in my own way I have with comedy and I and my whole message to everyone is like we're all co-creators we're artists if you have a passion go for it right be your I used to be an art teacher fucking create Mm -hmm. what you want to create and so that's why it was surprising I was like this is coming from the heart but I also it was a wake-up call of like be a little bit more aware of when you're putting art mm-hmm. that's very provocative. It would be like me creating art with like a woman spread legged or something, you know what I mean? And then being shocked that not everyone's like crying right. and in love with it. It's like, okay, I can still put that out there, but there will be some people who are either offended. And honestly, the person who came up to me, I don't think her intention was all negative at all. Mm-hmm. I think she was in some ways trying to give for real, trying to give me advice. Yeah. It just hurt. Um, and I I will try to get better from it. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I want to be a good rapper. There's right. just a wrong and a, and a right way to approach certain things. Like, I understand. I mean, I'm gonna go ahead and say it. A lot of comedians are socially inept. Like, they do not know how to have a normal. Like, I'm one of those people. Like, sometimes people. Like, I'm very. The way things come out of my mouth is very matter of factual sometimes, and that's something I've struggled with my entire life because I used to have I've a problem. Yeah, I, I, I used to have a problem. Um, I, I don't even know how to how to say it. Like, I, I have a problem, like, um, 
sugarcoating maybe is the word or or being social in that way I always had problems making like social connections and now like as an adult and working through it I still have issues and it's never gonna I I feel like it's never gonna change but it could be from the right place even and it just comes out as a a mean thing but like even I know someone who struggles with this that that's not a good a nice way to say something like you could just be like uh you know there's Maybe you could have done it this way. I don't know. It just, she's, it's, well, it's I think, a lot. <laughs> I think this, and I want to take it away from this specific. Yeah, yeah. Because I really yeah, do yeah. like the person. No, 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 yeah, definitely. Um, even though that was hurtful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that when there's a community, it's like, oh, we all pick up a microphone and tell jokes. There's an assumption that now you're sus- susceptible mm-hmm. to their opinions or. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. for me, it's like, okay, just because we both get on stage and tell jokes, it doesn't mean that I am asking right. for your opinion or that mm-hmm. our paths are the same. Um, and that's what I've seen a lot in comedy. And I'm sure actresses have that. And yeah. t- But it's like, and, and I see that with you, Jax, in the sense of like, you're you're a comedian, but you're also a lot more. Mm-hmm. And you're, you're trying out all, and same with you, Steve, too, even though you don't do stand-up. Like, you're a renaissance. I have done stand up. He, he dabbles. Oh, have you? He's not bad. I've run into a few open mics. Steve. Steve. pretty good. I didn't know that. Yeah. But okay, so exactly. It's like, I want to see human beings feeling free to try out all facets of their personality. Mm-hmm. And I think that just because I'm a comedian, it doesn't mean anyone has a say on anything else I do right. or a say on my stand-up. There are so many amazing out there comedians like Maria Bamford is a great yes, example. Yes, Where her stand-up doesn't almost fit into she is a Mm stand-up but she makes it so out there and artsy Mm -hmm. and goofy and like for me that is like being an artist it's pushing the boundaries trying new things and once again the the person we're talking about they I think what they really wanted to understand was my intention and my motivation okay it could have been um approached Mm -hmm. in a different way I felt um and that's fine that people wanted to understand that because mm-hmm. here I am, once again, this white chick trying to rap. Right, right. Trying. I mean, am <laughs> rapping. Trying. Am ra- I am <laughs> rapping. You doing it. And that's fair because in a sense, I think she did represent, which I had to wake up to, mm-hmm. what a lot of people are going to say. Right. Because here I am where I'm like putting out this rap and I'm like, everyone's going <laughs> to love it. And then like I had, you know, some people who were healers were like, you call yourself a healer. Like that's disgusting the way you're treating women in that video. Or for me, I'm like, those are my hot girlfriends. Like they're just shaking their ass. But you know what I mean? Like I was shocked and now I'm like less. Like I'm like, okay, some people are going to think I'm not a good healer. Some people are going to be like, wait, you're a white bitch. Like why Mm -hmm. do you think you can rap? See, I have a problem with spirituality and the spiritual community because why do they never have a sense of humor? It's like maybe maybe, I'm not saying all of them, but like. Yeah, I get it. In my life, the people who tend to be the most spiritual, like, just, they're just boring. Like, they just take everything too seriously. And they, they like, if you tell them a joke, they'll be like, oh, why? Why? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. To me, that's not real spiritual. Not to say, of course, there are certain jokes that offend me even. Mm-hmm. Like, if, if there's something that's really feeling racist or really feels misogynistic, which you find at some of these open mics. Like you're like, Oh, that dude's not funny. He just actually hates people. (laughs) Um, Like that I can't take, but I think like someone who 
to me, spirituality, and this is like kind of the concept in my school, it's about being deeply human. And to me, humor is a part of that. So like if, mm-hmm. if you're calling yourself spiritual, but you can't laugh at certain things or like the human body offends you. Right. And for me, my rap video is actually about claiming the divine feminine. Yeah. Um, and I'm very much into the deity Kali mm-hmm. and she's all about transformation and chopping that off the ego so you can lead with the heart. And it's yes. all about a woman claiming her right to be whoever the fuck she is and who mm-hmm. she wants to be. And that's what I love about you, Jax. I know I don't know you so, so well, mm-hmm. but I feel like I see you and I look here. Let's read your shirt. <laughs> I'm my own boss. I wear it all the time because I have three t-shirts in this house. Hey, I just gave you like six t-shirts. I know you did. They're so big. They don't they don't show off the, oh, the titties. I, I have see. to I have to like, you know, you don't I want told people to call you flat like right? I don't I don't need to be called flatty patty again. I, I can't handle it. Well, I think <laughs> what I think what when you hit the quote unquote haters, right? Yeah. When you it's because here you are this really strong um opinionated beautiful woman who owns it and and you're not ashamed of it because i feel like when you're a beautiful strong opinionated funny woman you're supposed to still apologize yeah you're supposed to be like here are my jokes oh my god i'm sorry yeah um was that too much and you don't apologize you're like no this is me i'm also sexy i'm funny i'm this i'm a businesswoman and i think there are some people that are like, wait a second, what? you're not supposed to walk around with that kind of confidence. Yeah. You're not supposed to flirt with that person or fuck that person. or They think that they have some kind of ownership. Yeah, they over, do. <laughs> and, and a real confident woman at this point shakes people up, but it's going to be the thing that frees both men and women. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean a powerful woman who abuses men or anything like that, but a woman who's like, this is me. Look, I fart, I shit, I rap. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I'm not, I, I'm not gonna apologize. I heard the for weirdest story from Jax. Which one? The one where you said some guy would actually be offended when you said I have to go pee. Yes, a comedian. I can't comedian. even believe I've never been in the <laughs> no, same room not, with somebody like I'm, that. I'm not even joking. I'm not exaggerating even Wait, in tell the Tell the whole story because it sounds like the most insane thing. So, um, That's so upsetting. It's, it's, it would, I'm going to tell you what. I, I didn't take it personally because the person... Because <laughs> he obviously has a he, thing. Yeah, he clearly has a, either a lifetime of abuse or he's just very mentally ill. In this sense, um, maybe obsessive compulsive, something like that. Uh, I was at Olive Tree and I walk in, there's a table of comics eating people I'm friendly with who I've known a while and we're all speaking and I was like, excuse me guys, I'm going to go downstairs. I got to pee. Like I, I was on the road, whatever. So he slams down his silverware. Boom. Whole place goes silent. He goes, you are disgusting you're d- and i was like at first i was like is this dude joking i didn't know if it was a joke or not so i was like laughing nervously he goes i don't know what you're laughing for he goes you just talked about your bodily functions in a restaurant i'm trying to eat he goes you're disgusting you have no class i was like whoa i was like i'm sorry bro he goes no he goes save your apologies just never do that again i was like i was be- i felt like i was being scolded and like I could just like see his father doing it to him, like oh you peed the bed, like yeah. beat the, f-. like I just I was like whoa, that, there's a lot to unpack here. And I went and I took my piss, came so, back. Uh, I was like hey, guys, I took shit too. Like oh I just you know what that kind of stuff like 
Hey, it's therapy. It's it, therapy. That's what it's for. It's, you know what? You <laughs> yeah. need that. Go to therapy. If you feel like girls shouldn't pee or poop or even mention it, <laughs> go to therapy. It'll free you. You know? Amen. Hallelujah. It'll help you. <laughs> but that was the most insane thing I ever heard. Yeah. It was pretty. I mean, to be in that situation and be shamed for literally having to pee. Um, yeah. <laughs> it was interesting. It was there really was a weird. dude, I don't want to say dated because that's like a really loose term for mm-hmm. it, but there was a dude right after my divorce that I like slept with a couple times and uh, he had a thing about his own pee and hearing me pee. Like it was, a, it was it's like a body, yeah. not being comfortable with your own body really. Yeah. I think he also used to like shave his own legs. Yeah, that's Do you know what I mean? Lot. And look, I dudes, like if that. you want to shave your legs, once again, do what you want to do. But like there was a whole perfectionistic yeah. thing going on there that hey your tinder game is strong <laughs> my tinder game my how'd, tinder, how'd you how'd you find this I, guy yeah first of all no i worked with him back then oh, but, okay okay but i am not one for tinder for many many reasons yeah, same. but the last time i did try tinder was like for like three days <laughs> and i i on my profile it was like it was like oh this bitch isn't even trying it was like dragon sorceress here to help transmute the wounds of the soil so we can all be our freest true spiritual selves you're probably like this bitch yeah it was so obnoxious like and i knew but like i was also like well this is me yeah (laughs) but i was like how many matches i showed my i mean there were still some dudes that were like so do you want to (laughs) fuck or do you want to transmute do you want to transmute my penis or do you yeah yeah but i mean literally lasted on there for a couple days i remember i think i was like hanging out with rosebud at the time mm-hmm. and like she like took my phone and like answered one of the dudes i was like no you know what i mean because <laughs> she was like trying to somebody. answer it for me to actually get dick and yeah. i was like no now he thinks no no i think she actually answered way meaner actually because i was like oh look at this one dude she's like give it to me and she was like she like i yeah she and i was like whoa <laughs> it was funny but i was like i think like i signed off the day after that i was like ugh, i don't once again i've been celibate for a while this was like how's that going for you i love it um at first it was hard like you know my body had to like adjust right, right. and honestly like i thought about that i'm like i still get the same urges as always but they're not stronger they might be less okay. and yet i'm still very much a sexual person and excited mm-hmm. for when i meet the right person to engage in that with like i mm-hmm. know i'm gonna be right back in there but honestly when I have sex, it almost like makes the whole thing come alive. And it, then it would like if I went and had sex once, it mm-hmm. would make it harder to go back to celibacy. Yeah. Because my body would awaken mm-hmm. and would be like the juices would be flowing. Yeah. Yeah. So it's actually easier in a sense to just be celibate mm-hmm. um, than to like have sex once every three months and then go back like right. i'm just kind of and, and i'm set in it and it's for there's a positive intention and it's like no mm-hmm. i'm gonna like get my mm-hmm. life together and i believe in like real true love yeah. and i know that that's where i'm headed and when i meet that person it's gonna be fucking the best yes perfect yeah and and he'll be i'm sure he'll be like proud of what he's getting because i'm gonna mm-hmm. be like no like I haven't even wanted to play in that pool yeah. unless it was the real thing. Mm-hmm. So hopefully we'll both really appreciate each other. And the only reason I mentioned that is Jax told me that her, <laughs> she had a viral campaign where somebody created like fake dating profiles for her mm-hmm. and messaged a bunch of dudes. <laughs> yeah. This was, um, what? this was a production company. They do web-based stuff. So they do all Wait, Facebook. With your t- knowledge they did this? 
with my knowledge they created the profiles and they told me they told me that they wouldn't really be messaging them that much they'd just be like setting up a date right that they, you were going to go on? Yeah. Well, the the whole thing was they wanted like a thousand men to meet me in Central Park at what? the same time. And then we kind of like um, like do like a game show, like a dating show when they get there. Like, Did it was they know to, that that's what was happening? The guys? No. They were supposed to be, it was supposed to be a surprise, like an ambush, which Jesus. is really fucked up, number one. I didn't think too much about it, like how fucked up it was until later. But what happened was they didn't tell me, like the production company, like a lot of the guys thought I was a catfish, which I was. I mean, it was a bunch of dudes messaging them. So it probably seemed off, especially since they were messaging comedians that I actually know in real life. And they're like, Reg Thomas goes, Jax, why did you match with me on Tinder and then send me a message that you're on a comedy tour for 10 days and you'll be back? And I'm like, what are you talking about? And I was like, oh my God. I'm like, they're telling people I'm on a comedy tour right now. And then like, I looked at what they created and they put my actual Instagram because I was getting these like I was getting these messages on Instagram from guys that were like, oh, I saw your profile. And I'm like, how did they find me? And then they told me they put my social media. And I was like, what the fuck? I was really upset. I was getting like literal death threats from men because I they, they felt like I was trying to play them or like scam them. And it was really bad. That went on for months. Like I was being harassed by so men So you never for actually met the thousand men at the park. No, no. God. It never got that far because that of all That could have been really dangerous. It, well, and they said they, could, they said they said they couldn't they couldn't feel comfortable doing it because they saw a lot of the threats because people were sending them also on those platforms. So they were seeing some of them. So they didn't feel comfortable. They couldn't get enough security to guarantee that I'm not going to get fucking shot. and kill. You know what I mean? Because men are violent like as a whole. I'm not saying all men, but as a whole, men are pretty violent. And when they feel like their ego is being hurt, like when they feel like they're being played or made a fool of, like, you know, that rejection feeling men, that that's what causes them to lash out a lot of the time. So I, you know, they didn't feel comfortable. Yeah. They didn't feel comfortable with my safety. And, and then they were like, bye. And I got my check in the mail, $500. I still got paid. And um, it was actually my first entertainment check. Really? How much yes. do they pay you for that? Five hundred dollars. Okay. Well, not really worth the threat. No, but. it's not. It, it was really scary. I was, I was like, do I delete my Instagram? Like, do I start over? What do I do? I had for for a while. I had people still showing up to my shows, and to this day, like recently, like people be like, oh, we matched on Tinder a few years ago. I'm like, I never had a Tinder a few years. Yeah. And they're thinking of that. Remember Shrin? That, oh, he's one of them. Shrin. He's one of them. The rapper guy. Oh, really? Remember he's one downstairs, of them. I, uh, the Indian guy who was rapping. Uh, barely at the party <laughs> oh here i thought you meant at no. our ambitious studios no, no, i was like no, here yeah of course yeah, yeah, he's that, amazing that's one of them wait what yeah he he's matched with her that's how oh, he knows her best. yeah that's the best and then he found me and a lot of you want to know the craziest thing of all this is the most he was great by the way Jackson's raps <laughs> really Jackson, me well okay Jackson my, hated the raps my, uh, i thought they were awful and my <laughs> and my my ex-boyfriend my ex-boyfriend is actually like a really really good no rapper, he's really good and he's you a, have to play some for me what's his name droop bino d-r-o-o-p-b-i-n-o he's actually really great and uh he was sitting there listening and he's 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 not like a mean person and he is trying so hard to be nice and he's like what do you think he's like uh, he just goes, uh, like I know what he wants to say. I liked it because it was very steeped in the comedy realm. Uh-huh. Um, he he did the crazy bitches. I mean, like he's humorous, but I wouldn't say he's 
talented. Oh, I thought he was. <laughs> I thought he was too. Really? Yeah. He gave us a whole like. You might have to listen to all the lyrics. Maybe. Uh, maybe I showed her the clip of. And like, he was like a good showman. Yeah, like, he was, he was owning it. Like I was really because I was ready to hate on him because you know I because I'm a hater sometimes. No, I was like uh, he's like oh I can rap too, and I was like all right do it and like we were loving it. We were like fucking yeah. Phil from Chico was listening. Really? He was into it. Yeah. Oh, what are you doing? Oh, so by the way, so everyone listening to the podcast, we're also live streaming. I think I might have said this on Twitch. Yeah, so but the, you know what happened? All these phone happened? calls that are coming in are messing up my live stream. Oh, no. And now oh, we have special guests. And we have a special guest. Who's, who's, who's here? here? Probably a delivery. All right, Steve, I'm going to have to ask you some questions because Jack's Uh-oh. getting the door. I'm in the hot seat. So Steve was telling me after the Mitero situation that because I thought you were then not into spirituality at all, which isn't the case. Right. You were saying that in college, you met a dude. Do you want to say his name? William. William, who was like super into all sorts of spiritual concepts. Right. And that he was able to astral project. Some of them borderline. Uh, I couldn't believe mm-hmm. because he said I. He said he could see his chakra in the dark, which I'm like. Mm, I don't know about that part. Okay. But a, a lot of the other parts uh, were pretty amazing that I it made sense to me at the time. Well, didn't he kind of teach you how to astral project yourself? Yes. He actually recommended some books for me. Hey, what's up, Vin? Hey, we're meeting Vin. Hey, the landlord. Vin. We're podcasting right now. Vin's like a Vin's kind of got like Vin Dieselish stuff going on. Very big, buff. How often do you work out, Vin? Every day. There it I is. I just needed people to know that this landlord's a very in shape landlord. <laughs> I mean, there's there's a live stream. Oh yeah, yeah, well I'm talking. Yeah, oh oh, oh the we're podcast. podcasting. Do you want to characterize him? No, like, no, no, like in a novel. Keep, keep going. No, keep going about. Okay. Keep going about um, the astral production. So it was a okay. So I was part of a special program in Stern. It was a NYU school, and uh, it, they sent a bunch of the kids to Coney Island to do cleanup on the beaches, and not for nothing. It's gross. Coney Island. I took Shane there once. I think I saw like a heroin needle in the sand. I'm yeah, not even lying. Yeah. Among heroin needles, we also saw a circle of dead birds with their heads chopped off. What the fuck? Exactly. What the fuck? Indeed. Um, so during that trip, the bus ride down there, I was talking to this guy named... Oh, no, he wasn't William. He's Nicholas Wilhelm. So Nick, <laughs> I just like thought about it. Um, so he was telling me about astral projection. And he's like, oh, yeah, it's like ha- having an out-of-body experience that you're triggering. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Because I do believe in like these out-of-body experiences. Like you always hear about those people who are like in ER and they're like dead. They're like medically dead. And then they can identify stuff around the room afterwards and the doctor. And they could, he even remembers what the doctor was saying. And it... So the way he described it is this, right? Um, He said everybody has an energy body. And when you sleep, your energy body floats a little bit above your physical body, giving you kind of like the floating sensation when when you're falling asleep. And that energy body also is the one that generates versions of yourself on higher dimensions, like the astral plane, uh, anything higher than the physical plane is the astral plane, like uh, the near time plane, which is you kind of see the physical world, but you're not limited by space and time. Like you can travel to the other side of the moon or the sun instantaneously and see everywhere in the universe if you want to. And then there's a plane above that where uh, it gets more abstract. Like you can interact with 
like spiritual beings that are like energy beings and from other dimensions and then you can talk to them and they can give you wisdom and then you said there's uh, another plane which contains all the knowledge in the universe is some kind of archive some people interpret it as a library some people see it as a video store and then you can download any knowledge you want from the universe from that place and then you said there's another plane which is more like there's a Zen Buddhist plane that there's just nothingness and, and just calmness. And then he said at the highest level of planes where you kind of interact with what people consider heaven. So you would interact with people who passed on and you would get to see like you're, you're basically almost in touch with the highest level playing level like God or whatever you consider him, depending on your religion. Um, and all that sort of makes sense because the way he explained it to me, um, was very mathematical, ironically, and very uh, in touch with the physical, uh, the, the way I see the physical world, right? Like, um, so as an example, if you were a two-dimensional uh, stick figure drawing stuck on a paper, you would be, um, be unable to perceive the third dimension and anything that touched you from the third dimension would seem very mysterious, impossible to understand. And if someone were to pick you up from the second dimension and place you, again uh crossing the third dimensional plane you would be able to overcome obstacles that you would find impossible like overcoming a like a line in the piece of paper that you couldn't get across mm. and from that you can kind of see how anytime you add a dimension you can overcome the limitations of the previous ones right so if you can travel on the fifth dimensions and you yes you can overcome time and space because you'll be able to go around it and go back into another place in the fourth fourth dimensional uh, uh, location and if you go above the sixth dimension then you get to more abstract limitations for example overcoming even physical material or even overcoming the physical universe as it exists and getting into more of like any kind of creative dimension that that whatever you imagine happens so on the high higher dimensions Let's say you're fighting like an astral demon, which is something that actually happens in these books, supposedly. What uh, books? There's a book um, on astral projection where the guy in, like describes encounters that he has and outlines okay. all the planes that he's been to. Got it. Do you know the name? I would love for you, just in, in case um, any of the listeners. I'll, I'm gonna look. I'm gonna look it up and I'll, I'll drop the name in a little bit. I actually have this book. I lost it though. Um, I here. What I, happened when you? I know you're looking it up, so yeah, you're gonna have to multitask. But what happened when you? astral projected when what did you did, encounter when i did an astral projection i didn't get very far because my meditation game is pretty weak okay um what i did do is i was i managed to uh look around the room with my eyes closed oh and that's pretty crazy yeah that's as far as i can get like i knew my eyes were closed because i could feel my eyes were closed that's some dr strange shit I yeah, yeah, it was a Dr. Strange shit. Yeah. Oh, his name is Robert Bruce, and it's called Astral Dynamics, The Complete Book of Out-of-Body Experiences. Hell yeah. And so the idea is, if you're on an astral plane, you can encounter, like, good astral bodies and also bad astral bodies. And if you encounter, like, an astral or demon or any negative force, you can actually manifest a weapon to encounter, to, to fight them with, just using your mental energy. And this is the, this is why on the highest level planes, like, you're not even limited by the, the loss of physics and reality at, at all. Um, so anyway, so reason why it's so interesting to me and why this actually unlocked um, a, a, a genuine spiritual experience in my life is that it does explain everything. It explains clairvoyance, it explains interaction with dead people, it explains prophecy, it explains um, 
like religion because when you say prophecy you mean because of the timelessness of things because you can actually have a brain trauma and trigger uh, a download of a higher dimensional hmm. person's experience i don't oh, know i think that. yo Jax. i think uh, our house alarm is getting triggered oh my god so much going on right and now it's just me guys no steve right now so like I said, we're in Staten Island in a very beautiful townhouse. Oh, we disarmed it. Guys, we the, the alarm has been disarmed, but they have an alarm the bomb because has been it's a very nice house and they need to protect it. Okay, so um, what was I saying? Um, yeah, so religion. Wait, were you talking about religion? You're talking about the whole brain trauma thing and how you can have it. Oh, okay. So, so the thing about astral projection, right? It's, it's not saying that you can shift between these uh, levels of consciousness. It's actually saying that you actually is, exist in all these levels of consciousness uh, at the same time. Yeah. So at the same time that I'm sitting here uh, in this interview with Kate Wolf, there's a fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, up to a whatever level of dimensional body of myself doing all kinds of crazy things on those dimensions that I'm not aware of. And the only reason I'm not aware of that is I can't remember it because all of that experience is not downloaded back into my brain mm. and if you don't remember something then it really doesn't happen hmm. well i do feel that we are feel slash no we are multifaceted beings meaning right. that we exist in more than this perceived dimension and then when i say perceived i don't mean that it's not real right but it's like here it's we a surface exist. yeah yeah and and i believe that we exist beyond our physical bodies right and that we're all connected and this is what we were kind of saying when yeah. you were describing yeah, yeah. this that um, sometimes we feel that this is all there is. Right. Meanwhile, even in this space that seems like a void or negative, there are still right. currents and things. It is not even it. 1%. Like the thing that you perceive as a physical world is not even 1% of all that exists is how I feel. Um, and I feel like the problem with this physical world is that this 1% takes up 99% of your mind. And it also takes up 99% of your emotional energy. Because on this plane is where we get hurt. Like where we feel hunger, where we feel cold, we feel pain, we feel abandonment, people who are you know mean to us, people who betray us. And all that corrupts our mind and makes us feel this negative energy and actually blocks us off. And this is how I f uh, believe it blocks us all from the higher dimensional versions of ourselves. It separates us from our true potential as human beings on the highest dimension because the highest dimensional version of you, if you think about the metaphor I just dropped, means that's somebody that is yourself but is able to supersede time and space, the limitations of knowledge, the limitations of physical reality, so you are a Doctor Strange on the highest level. You're able to manifest any reality you want. But Doctor Strange is still in the physical world, which you have to realize. He is. But he taps his energy from the right. highest Right, and that's all I wanted to say is right. I, I hear what you're saying about the 1% 99. I would, <laughs> you and your numbers. <laughs> but I'm going to, for me, yeah. it's a... No, 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 to no to totally. For me, I'm going to say, and I don't even want to get a percentage. It's for me, and we learned this in the school. It's where the personal meets the impersonal. Right. It's where your physical body meets all that's more and, and unlimited. Mm -hmm. But the personal is just as important because being embodied mm -hmm. is such a gift because it allows you to embody the lessons of the universe. Right, that's true. So when you can be in your body, which I believe is more than 1%, but... Do right, what you're right, saying right. and tap in beyond the limitations. I actually like your metaphor both. better. 
it's it's a beautiful I like meeting. the metaphor better because you're making the physical body seem like the display or the speaker and all the other thing is the content, right? So like this well, is Well, it's our, like a gift. It's a beautiful gift to be Well, this is our this bridge. Body. This is our mm. a, this is our bridge into you know yeah the, it's, it's where both meet it's, I, right. I have a poem where i said like where the sun meets the moon but to right. me it represents those two things and that beautiful right. and, dance. And, and i i don't really believe it's a one percent 99 percent thing i just wanted to emphasize that i get there's what you're so saying. much more yeah like to be so bogged down by all your life trivialities whether they're real or you know it's like getting stuck in the drama of the physical plane instead of remembering that well you said this beautifully i believe yeah before we podcasted about you used to have a lot of problems with other people until you realize that they were just mirrors yeah showing you your own stuff so this is reminding me of that if you want to go into that right exactly and that was one of the um findings that happened to me during a spiritual experience that i believe is when you're able to look outside of your own trauma and your bad experiences and your selfishness, your own ego. And in that moment, you're, you get that clarity. Yeah. And I feel like on the higher dimensional versions of yourself, you always have that clarity. Yeah. So the whole idea is like, how do you let it flow back into you? Like, yeah. how do you let yourself be instructed by yourself? And I think it's what you're saying, which is opening up and, and, not forcing yourself to open up, which in the sense I could have accidentally done with the me tarot situation. (laughs) You have to be ready to Mm -hmm. open up past your limitations. But when you try um, to open someone, so if you meet someone who's completely atheist and not into any of this, if you try to like shove them awake, it could actually be very scarring um, because they closed off to that stuff for a reason. So I think it's beautiful to open up to all the magic and Mm -hmm. because I think magic and science is intertwined. Like you were kind of saying, well, what what they say about science is that, you know, everything is magic until it's science. Mm-hmm. Like all, all the stuff that we just talked True. about could be science when we. Jax is back, by the way. I am back. I'm Jax sorry. Jax is back. <laughs> the, we're actually he's fixing the um, he's fixing the foundation of our house oh, now, perfect. so we don't get a leak in our garage anymore. Oh great! I was like, no wait, idea. what foundation? <laughs> Had no idea. Like, he was so coming. it doesn't collapse on itself <laughs> yeah. any minute. Don't you feel the house sinking a little bit? I just feel it. It's well, your driveway is such a slant. I, yeah. I almost pulled up in it and I was like, I'm too paranoid yeah. that my car is going to slowly go. I wish mm-hmm. I was good at skateboarding. And then we could build that a ramp. A, we could build a ramp at the end. A pretty angled ramp. Yeah, it'd be awesome. But yeah, but anyway, um, I love what you're saying. I just think that also people who are opening up to this have right. to go at their own pace because if, right. <laughs> like I said, when I, when I me tarot you, <laughs> Um, and look, you're already pretty open, so it wasn't... No, I mean, I actually yeah. do. I'm glad you did it because it makes me think. And I, it's fine for me, maybe not for somebody else, because I don't feel... I feel stable I enough. could not do that to someone who's not open at all to this stuff. Right. Yeah. And has never been to any kind of therapy right, as well. Right. Yeah. I, f- I just feel stable enough that it doesn't bother me. It would, yeah. that And, and I've already learned that lesson before, but I relearned it again today. Right. So I'm sorry for tarot molesting you a little bit <laughs> and and going in but guys we got to wrap this up all righty um any sorry jacks you missed i know i did i missed the whole it's okay i gave my whole like diesel the landlord was here <laughs> yeah no that it's good because steve got to go into <laughs> a monologue some of his spiritual beliefs which are cool yeah very we talk about spirituality a lot in this house we do we're a big uh spirituality house 
I love yeah, it. Definitely. Yeah. And here I am <laughs> to have that conversation with both of you. But where where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Funny Girl Jacks, Twitch at Funny Girl Jacks, Twitter at Funny Girl Jacks. You can Pattern. find me at Popeyes and Chipotle. Hell yeah. <laughs> with me. <laughs> where can people find you on social media if you want to be found on social media? What uh scratching pad. What's that? We're gonna do our cat thing again. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's why. So but where's scratching pad on Twitter? On um, Instagram? Instagram, it's on Twitter and it's on Facebook. And Twitch. And tell people what it is. Um I'm gonna live stream um a cat rescue. Amazing. Yep. So you can it. watch kittens. And we're about to get some. Yeah. Wait, today? They're going to get some today. Um, Two I have kittens. to call the lady back, actually. Um, I was thinking, what, what day Wait, is it? Not right now, dudes. Hold on. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> 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 Guys, you can find me at the oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the yeah, go ahead, go ahead. No, this has been so funny. Like, the landlord's here. The alarm's going off. <laughs> I, I don't mind. We're going to run off and get cats right now. I'm wrapping it up. And then and then you guys can, can <laughs> talk about the cats. Okay. Um, but we need to take some pictures, too. Yes. But anyway, anyway. Anyways. That can be quick. Find me at the Kate Wolf Twitter, Instagram. My album 1111 is out. Check out Labia Game if yes. you have not. <laughs> and um, I don't know when the next Dragon Sorcery is yet, but anyone who wants to go to the Libera Music Awards, it's June 21st. There are some tickets available. That's nice. awesome. They're a little expensive. So What's a little expensive? They're $100. <gasps> wow. What? Oh, a lot. That is a little That's expensive. A little it's, ex- a it's like a big award show, we think. Right, so right, it's, right. it's Yeah. It's, it's not super expensive. It's a little. It's oh, for it's someone cool. who really wants to yeah, go. Yeah. Um, Where is it? It's at the PlayStation Theater. Oh, nice. that's cool. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that's in two weeks. That's dope. But when this comes out, it'll be a week away. But anyway, thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you guys for coming on. Thank you. And bye. Bye, bye guys. Right on time because now they're hammering outside. <laughs> bye.